These are the facts. The world is in trouble, but we're going to straighten it out. We are going to build the wall, okay? Don't worry. America first. Together, we will make America great again. That's what I do. I fix things. We're going to straighten it out. And now it's time for unprecedented uh, weekly look at the White House in the company of uh, investors, White House watcher, Adrian Collins. Adrian, welcome to the program. Every week, I think this is going to be the last big week and then there's another big week. I thought last week was the biggest of the big weeks because of what happened with the firing of James Comey. But that fallout has continued into this week and then gotten even bigger as the week has gone on. So... Uh, by pure fluke, last week we recorded the day after he decided to fire Comey and again this week we're doing the same thing again the day after more information comes out exactly about Comey and about what he said to Russian officials in a meeting with them in the White now, House. Now, what Comey also has done apparently is he's written a memo uh, detailing the sort of verbatim conversation he had with the president. Now, uh, the the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, of course, is a Democrat and naturally he wants all this dragged out in, in, as politics would. Uh, but, I mean, this uh, Comey memo must be devastating, you would have to think. Well, even Republicans are asking to see this memo. So Jason Chaffetz, we played a clip of him a few weeks ago here on the podcast, going to a town hall around the healthcare debate and getting booed out the gate by everybody at his town hall. I don't know whether he felt that pressure or now he's decided that his conscience has finally gotten the better of him. But he has written to the FBI in the last day or so asking now to see these memos that James Comey has made. So Trump's first mistake was maybe to think that a, a bureaucrat wouldn't have a paper trail behind him ready to take everything that he had down for all uh, kind of eternity. But um, former Department of Justice spokesperson Matthew Miller tweeted last week that the one thing he learned about working with Comey is if he thinks something inappropriate has happened or that something has gone wrong, he makes note of it. He he makes sure there's a paper trail to show that if he has to speak to somebody, here's what happened, here's when it happened, and here's why it happened. Well, what happens um, this week, of course, is the connection, if it's true, that uh, the president asked Comey to stop investigating Flynn and Russia, and then um, Comey released that. At the same time, we are hearing from Russia uh, through, like, CNN and, and so on, their correspondence is saying, look, the Russians are absolutely teed off. They thought... And maybe they interfered to get Trump elected because maybe they thought Trump was going to be uh, able to get the two countries closer together. Who knows in geopolitics? But the Russians now think every time they do something, they take a step back. Yeah, I think part of part of the relationship or the idea behind the relationship was not necessarily, even Comey himself expressed this, not necessarily that they wanted Trump elected, but they just didn't want Clinton elected. So if there, there was Russian interference, it was aimed at disrupting Clinton's campaign. Now, simply because Trump won as a result, that doesn't necessarily mean that they wanted Trump. They were probably, you know, toasting his election because it meant that they were like you said, there could have been close relations between the two countries. But there's no guarantee, there's no way of saying what Trump is going to do or what he's not going to do. They like unpredictability, but he's random. He just does whatever he wants without yeah, really thinking about it. My good friend Winston Churchill, my hero, famously said about Russia, and I hope I get it right, that Russia 
was a riddle wrapped inside an enigma or the other way around, mm. an enigma inside a riddle, one way or the other. But what he was really saying is, look, it's very difficult to understand Russia. And he's talking about Russia 80 years ago. He's talking about a, a Russia under Stalin. He's talking about a different Russia. Today it's Russia under Putin, um, where capitalism is in fact rife. Um, and uh, maybe just Russia is a very difficult uh, uh, country to work with. It could be, and I, I think certainly that part part of the interference was certainly to make America look weaker, if nothing else, so that Russia can gain some footing, or at least point to America and say we're like they're not the shining beacon that everybody thinks they are. That was part of it, but also, I I don't necessarily believe a lot a lot of the the conspiracy theories that are going around. Trump is a Russian agent and all this type of stuff. I don't necessarily believe But he might be an unwishing Russian agent. That's exactly what I think is going on. That he spoke to part of... We learned all this throughout his campaign that his character is bravado. His character is bragging. And this report of him speaking to the Russian, leaking classified information to Russian officials during a meeting last week, that the timing of that meeting was very odd. It came the day after he fired Comey that he had the Russian ambassador and Russian foreign minister in with him. Um, But in that meeting that he essentially bragged that he gets great intel, the best intel, I have so much intel, and then started to tell them what the intel was because of the fact that he simply needed to sort of impress the people he was in the room with. He loves to be loved when he's in the room. And that might be the reason that he's sharing this information with the Russians, less than they elected him and it's some grand overarching scheme. I think it's more fluke. But the president of Turkey visited uh, the White House this week and as usual they sort of have a press conference and uh, Trump comes out and and welcomes the Turkish uh, prime minister. And um, he's talking about Turkey but he's reading it and he's actually reading it very badly, you know. For the first time probably. Yeah, there's a real sense, like he's talking about Korea uh, and the Korean War. Now, the Korean War was 1951. That means that to have any idea about the Korean War, you have to be my age. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So therefore, the vast uh, uh, group of the people that he is speaking to via the television have no idea what he's talking about. Hmm. And, you know, he's quoting MacArthur, General MacArthur, uh, again, who knows who MacArthur is? Do you know what I mean? So, but what he's demonstrating is he doesn't know either. And I found that incredibly disappointing because I'm not, I'm, I'm, I never was a fan per se of Trump. I just, I was like the Russians. I didn't want Hillary, you know. <laughs> and, but I think if you're, what's happening, it would appear also is that slowly but ever so slowly there is an erosion of his support even amongst his most committed supporters i think so the the constant flux or the constant uh, flow of things that are coming out that make him look very bad has to erode in even the confidence of so we must remember about a lot of people are talking about impeachment now as the next possible process after all of this information came out after the flynn uh, firing after the Flynn uh, asking Comey to stop the Flynn investigation and after this leaking of intel to Russians on top of firing Comey and everything that has gone before I mean it's hard to keep up with everything that's happened in the 15, 16 episodes of the show that we've done 
but people are talking about impeachment. Impeachment is a very difficult process. As we uh, saw with Clinton. Yeah, Clint, there are only two presidents have been impeached, one in 1860s and Clinton. And Clinton was impeached, but he wasn't, you're impeached by the House of Congress, and then, House of Representatives, sorry, and then it goes up to the Senate. So the Senate basically said... It's all right. No, Clinton's but Clinton okay. wasn't impeached by the per Senate. se. Yes, I by mean, the there Senate. Was an Impeachment to, proceedings. Yeah, yeah, there was an effort to impeach him. Mm. The other thing is, I, as I keep telling everybody who's prepared to listen, um, I, I, my knowledge of American presidents goes all the way back to Eisenhower. Um, now, I accept that as a younger man, I, I mightn't have been as aware or in newspapers weren't as up on America as they are now. But I can never remember, like Eisenhower, uh, Kennedy, um, uh, Nixon, even at the height of Watergate. I, it would be really interesting to compare column inches for Nixon in Watergate and column inches for Trump in any week. Yeah. He's uh, he's dominating column inches here and obviously over like there. Like nobody ever did. No, and it, interestingly, you bring up, I suppose, comparing figures. Even the week before, somebody on, on Twitter was tweeting out these opinion poll figures. Even the week before Nixon resigned over the impeachment proceedings that were taking place, it, it was 59% of Republicans thought that the media was making too much of this. So that level of support will stick with Trump, no matter what. It'll be when one or two or three Republicans start to fall off the bandwagon. That's when you can see maybe in the House of Representatives they'll move towards impeachment, but not until the Democrats but have a majority you, there. No, but if you move towards impeachment, you have to have a reason to impeach. Yeah, and it could be obstruction of justice. This asking yeah. f- asking him to leave the Flynn investigation behind and then firing Comey over his Russia. That's an impeaching offence, I would suggest. Yes, but it's it's making the case... And getting enough, they're not going to be able to get it until after the 2018 elections when they could possibly take control of, of the House of Representatives, because the Democrats, I should say, because if they don't have that control, the Republicans are not going to vote to move against Trump. And the only other way is under essentially an amendment to the Constitution. It happened to George W. Bush, I believe. He went for uh, an operation and the vice president takes charge. And you have to have the vice president essentially move to do that. If, but, the, if yeah. the president doesn't want to do that, then it doesn't happen. It goes to Congress. Uh, but the the interesting failure of Obama, really, Obama's biggest failure is probably seen by Democrats rather than Republicans because Obama didn't do what successful presidents do, is win uh, uh, Congress seats, Senate seats and governorships for his party. Obama didn't actually do that and and he delivered at the end of his eight years a weaker Democratic presence uh, in Congress than he had inherited, I suspect. They came in on a wave. When, when Obama first came in, yeah. there was a huge wave that the Democrats took over, basically complete control, the same way the Republicans have. Now, the issue is when a lot of the policies that he put forward were unpopular with Republicans, people like the House Freedom Caucus, the, the Tea Party came to the fore, and they were deliberately there to obstruct. So the, the more that they came into Congress, the less they actually got done. And that made Obama's case much worse. But his personality, his powerful oratory ability, papered over so many cracks for the Democratic Party that they had essentially missed or not done the foundational work to build, them, to build themselves back up. That's what's left them in the situation where they are now. So it's partially Obama and it's partially the party structure itself. Finally, on the Comey issue, though, no matter what way you look at it, whether he wrote it down 
uh, as a, a record, you know, at, at that time verbatim or, or not, it's still his word against the president. I mean, whether he wrote it down or whether he recites it, it is still his word against the president. There's nobody else sitting in the room. Well, it's his word against the president's uh Certainly on that because of the, the memos and all of the White House has been the Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who's the deputy uh, press secretary, Sean Spicer, who went missing and was apparently hiding in the bushes last week, uh, and McMaster himself come out and all sort of denied this Russian intel leak, the memo, everything. They've been flat out denying it in some terms or another. It will be Comey against Trump unless Trump does something, and we have an audio clip here, unless Trump does something like he did on uh, in an interview with Lester Holt this week to essentially send out all his people to say this is what's happening and then completely contradict them two days later. Let's have a listen. Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision, it was not... You had made the decision before they came uh, in the I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they, because in your letter you said I, I accepted, accepted their recommendation. Yeah, well, they so you also, had already made the decision. Uh, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So there was really room. He made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans <clears throat> like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. That's Trump in an interview. So that's two or three days after they'd all come out and said, look, this was a decisive action from the president on the recommendation of the deputy attorney general, keeping in mind that... No, uh, but what he said was there. It's important to be fair also to him. What he said was there. I got a recommendation from a really good guy, but I was going to fire Comey anyway. I mean, tons of people in business say, you know, somebody came in and made a recommendation. They happened to concur with my original idea, but I still would have fired him anyway. Yes, but that's this is politics. This isn't business. He has to be aware that he ha- if if Comey is investigating him, and if Comey is investigating any links between Russia and his own campaign, that he can't go out and say I fired him off the off a recommendation, but I also fired him because I genuinely didn't like the guy, and I was a bit suspicious about what he was looking right. at. Well, lucky for you, it's not business; it's politics, because that means there's another episode to come and hundreds of episodes to follow right into 2018 as President Trump continues to live in the White House under the eagle eye of Adrian Collins here on Unprecedented, our weekly podcast and look at the White House, available as always on iTunes.